Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my still lovely and charming daughter and co-host Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Lauren, I just didn't know how to introduce you today. Yeah, you sounded very hesitant when you yeah, referenced yeah. lovely. But. Well, you know, now that now that you say that, I, I have to tell you, mm. I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit unnerved by that poor and hesitant introduction. So you know what I'm going to do? Rather than talking about anything, I'm going to introduce my feelings to you right now with a song. Will that be okay? Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here goes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Please accept my apology. Well, Lauren, I, I guess you could see just how sorry I am, huh? Yes, I do accept your apology. That was very lovely. But you don't know what I'm really apologizing for, do you? I thought you were apologizing for the fact that you were hesitant on whether or not you considered me to be lovely. Yeah, but you know what? That that wasn't the real reason. Oh. The real reason is I really need to apologize for treating you so poorly, you know, with millennial thumb and and all my put downs of the millennials with you know all that all that kind of stuff with the the iPhone and stuff. So I that's my apology to you. And you know, I'm hoping think of you. I'm hoping that you will forgive me. Do, I, you have, do you have forgiveness in your heart? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> so there we go. And that is today's topic, which actually you came up with, and it is forgiveness. Big topic, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, it's, an, it's a complex topic, I think. Well, you're kind of a complex kind of person, so unravel it for us. Hmm. Well, <laughs> where does that-, <laughs> that That's it, huh? Okay. Next <laughs> next week we will be talking. <laughs> Join us next week. Uh forgiveness. I think that finding true forgiveness for yourself and for others is like the ultimate form of freedom. Uh, you know, there was a quote by uh, Nelson Mandela I read today. I wrote it down as and he said as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom. I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Mm. So, you know, it, it's it's when you hold on to resentment, you really are imprisoned by your own thoughts. And, and I know forgiveness means a lot of different things for a lot of people, but mostly, I guess I guess I break it down to just letting go of resentment, letting go of thoughts of revenge. You've never you've never had thoughts of Hatred or revenge, have you? I don't think <laughs> so. <laughs> You're supposed to say no. 
I've definitely been hurt before. So I think, you know, in those moments, our instinct is to try to defend ourselves in some yeah. way or defend our ego. So, yeah, I think our minds can go to that place of revenge pretty quickly. Um, whether we admit it or not is a different story. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that, you know, when when we don't forgive, yeah, it's 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 kind of the poison you take. You know, it's like you know, you're the you're you're infecting your mind with all these stress kind of feelings and resentment. And so that person's occupying space and real estate in your mind, and you're clinging to that. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, there's two sides to this. There's there's the side that someone wrongs us, and then the other side of what in the world are we doing when we don't forgive? Mm. We're holding grudges, bitterness. You know, what, what are we doing to ourselves? Yeah, yeah, because then that the energy of betrayal is active in your energy fields, and it's it's you who's holding on to it. Oftentimes, the person that hurt you isn't even thinking or or carrying around that hurt inside of them. It's like they almost transfer it onto you and then it becomes your problem to bear. Mm -hmm. So what, what would you say are some of the benefits of forgiving someone? I mean, what do you get? What do you get out of it by forgiving someone? Well, you get peace of mind. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I think it's a very visceral feeling for, for humans to actually let go of something that has hurt them. Um, I think that it really does clear space for, for other things to enter. Yeah. You say it's a visceral feeling for humans. Are you suggesting, I, I hope you're not, that uh, animals hold grudges? I know. I don't think animals do. And that's what's so fascinating. Ah, like, wait, wait, wait. Remember uh, Lulu, our dog. You know, Lulu would show some resentment sometimes if you scolded her or did something, right? Yeah, but only in the moment. Like it wasn't, she couldn't hold that for long. <laughs> and that's what's so great about animals is like, uh, I know the metaphor with the duck, everyone always talks about, you know, when you see a duck flapping its wings in the water, when it gets frustrated that another duck is entering its space, it flaps its wings really hard. And then it just goes along floating. Uh, like it lets all of that anger and frustration out in the moment and then that moment no longer exists and the frustration and you know angst fades no, away no and that makes sense but but we really don't know if that duck stops flapping and goes along well well we do because we can watch it and he goes from flustered to peaceful unless i mean i guess inside of his duck mind we don't know what's happening per se That's but true. but your friend uh eckhart tolle <laughs> Uh, often says that animals are completely present and that's why they, they have a much easier existence, whereas we are blessed and cursed with uh, past tense, future tense kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. So I guess holding a grudge, you know, it's it's not really being present. It's it's kind of connecting to the to the, uh, the the thing that the, the toe that got stepped on. And it's not letting that go. So we're kind of revisiting that and going over it and over it. And I, I often ask myself, why do we dwell on it? Uh, why do we get swallowed up by it? And you know what I come up with? And you tell me maybe what you come up with when we hold on to bitterness. Oh, Loa, this is a hard thing for you because you've never been bitter. But but I have. And And when I hold on to something, it's almost like I'm punishing vicariously that person, you know, I'll show you and you, you think you could have said that, you know, it's almost like in my mind, 
I'm getting back at that person. Does that sound a little a little weird? No, I think I don't think it sounds weird. I totally know what you mean. Um, the truth is, obviously, by you festering over it, it actually is only getting back at yourself. It's making it worse. It's not really affecting the other person at all. But I think that it makes sense that like our defenses would kick into high gear when we're hurt, because that's that mechanism in our survival that wants to protect us and doesn't mm-hmm. want us to feel that way. So, of course, we're going to you know, focus on it. It's our instinct to try and to try and figure out a solution or to find a way to get revenge so that we feel like we're powerful again. Yeah, but there's as we said, as we said, there's a real price to pay for that. And yet forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress, less hostility. Maybe people don't realize what holding that grudge is really doing. I mean, we get so into it. I mean, you know what I mean? How we get caught up in it. It's like almost people would, would, when you get caught up in that resentment kind of cycle, someone will say, well, calm down. It's not a big deal. And you're like the duck in the water. You just don't want to hear it. You just want to go on punishing the other person vis-a-vis punishing yourself. It, It really... It doesn't make much sense, but but it's like you say, it's kind of there's something that we all do, I guess, more so some do more, some less. I guess yeah. I guess there are grudge holders and then there are people that are less you know, inclined to that. Yeah, I think if if you have the willingness to look to look into forgiveness a little bit further, I think there are certain perspectives that can help can help one to forgive more freely that everyone is trying to survive in this world the best way they know how and some people just don't have certain um upbringings they don't have certain information they don't have certain coping tools and so when people hurt others uh it often is the best they can do with the information they know meaning they might be taking out their own insecurities their own issues out on another person it really oftentimes has nothing to do with the other. It has nothing to do with you. So when you believe that everyone is doing the best they can, the same way that you can think about that in yourself, like times you've made mistakes, times you might've hurt somebody, uh, it wasn't necessarily on purpose. And even if it was, it was on purpose for some sort of reason, like to make you feel more powerful or more secure. And so I think being able to forgive one's self also allows us to then forgive others. So, so I think it's a little misleading when you say they're only doing the best they can. I think we just have to qualify that a little bit and say the best they can to feel less threatened. You know, someone that's that's really just trying to keep their head above water. You know, they can't they can't tolerate anyone getting in their way. And if someone cuts me off in traffic, you know, there's that 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 almost universal response, well, I'll show you, you've interfered in my territory. And so I guess maybe this is the question I'm asking you. I guess the reflex to defend and to be angry is, is part of a survival reaction, primitive. And, and the more centered we are and the less likely we are to be defensive, I guess that's where we become less of a grudge holder. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. So you know what happens? What happens if if I can't forgive someone? I say, what what you know? What do we do if we feel we can't forgive someone? Uh, how do we overcome that? I think that 
one of the issues with forgiveness is that a lot of times the thing that you're trying to forgive has shattered some sort of trust in a relationship. And so the trust can be rebuilt over time if, if you so choose. And the fact that someone's hurting you is also not okay. So I think there are ways to address the boundaries between you and that person so that you don't continue to be hurt. And I think there are ways to establish creating new levels of trust between in, within the relationship. Let me ask you, when you start to torture yourself with anger and hatred and resentment, you know, you're really feeling victimized. And, and sometimes you are, especially in a physical assault, but we're not talking about physical assaults, but you, you tend to feel victimized. And what's important is you have to release yourself from that transgression and you have to stop being a victim. So, yeah, it's important to acknowledge your emotions, but then to release them. And perhaps even more importantly, you have to choose to forgive or not. Then, of course, you go on with uh, this this kind of tension and stress in your life. And that's not, that can last a lifetime. I mean, I, I know of situations where people have, because of silly reasons, have given up relationships of 10, 20, 30 years and just gone on never to speak again. And it sounds crazy, but, you know, it happens. Hmm. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. Yeah, especially if the person that's hurt you doesn't want to admit it. You know, that that's that's like salt in the wound. You know, someone that that, you know, maybe gossips about you or something, and then they come back and say, Oh, I never said anything, and you know they did. Mm-hmm. It's you know, a person who hurts you and doesn't admit it, that's a that's a hard thing to forgive. But again, I think we have to be clear, we're not forgiving the behavior of that person. We're not excusing the behavior where forgiveness is an inner experience of letting go. Yes. So we have to kind of emphasize that because I think this, what we're talking about today can get easily confused. Uh, People that have wronged us and intentionally wronged us, when we forgive them, we're not giving them a pass, right? Or am I kind of misconstruing this? No, it's, it's absolutely true. We're not giving them a pass and we're not, we're, we're going to set in place ways that we can uh, establish boundaries so that we are not hurt by that person again. Mm-hmm. So not only are we not, we're, we're not saying it's okay, nor should that person be told like, oh, it's okay that you did this or that to me. I think that you can be clear about the way that it hurt you. But then once you've expressed, you know, whatever it is that you need to, you then allow that inner work to happen where you actually allow it to sort of pass through and and if you can find a way to let it go and it might take time but i think as long as that's the goal is to understand that whatever it is that you're holding on to from that experience is actually toxic for you mm-hmm. to find a way to allow that to to leave in whatever method you need to. So i actually just did like a journaling exercise where you write everything out And just the act of like getting all of the words out on paper is really, really therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And then I burned it. And the imagery of the burning was so useful because when my mind would try to go back to that story, I would visualize the burning and it would remind me like, this is gone. Like I have released this and I do not allow myself to spend more time thinking about it because it is only hurting me, not 
anybody else. Yeah, that's nice because uh, the burning itself, you know, it's it's the the release of energy into flames, um, and it's gone. You know that what was written on that page, all those words, those toxic words, that anger, the venom that came out of you, uh, you metaphorically, you you know, you're letting it go. So we can do that by writing it down, which I think is a great idea, and and really getting it out there. You know, you like the duck, and and I still think ducks hold resentment, by the way, but. But getting it out there and and really, really getting it out there, you know, just letting it fly, don't hold back. And then either put that in a, in a, a safe place. We don't want people burning down their, their houses tonight. <laughs> but, uh, but, but then setting it aflame or seeing that in your mind. I mean, you don't, I mean, it's okay to do the flame thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you can also but it, just rip it up in lots of pieces. Yep, there you go. See, you're so much. There's also a meditation that's really, really powerful that you imagine yourself energetically connected to the person that has hurt you. And you imagine whatever it is that you're connected by. So it could be a rope, it could be a chain, it could be whatever it is that you feel is connecting the two of you. And you if if you're trying to release the person from your life, like if you're trying to forgive and you no longer want to, to maintain a relationship with that person, you would do the meditation where you are connected through some sort of cord or rope or uh, chain. And then in the meditation, you're there's like three parts to it where you're actually uh, imagining the thing that hurt you. And then you are expressing it sort of like in your mind, you're expressing what it is that you really would like to say to that person. And then the third part is actually really hard. It's, it's where you're expressing gratitude uh, for something that you have learned from this difficult situation. And then you actually imagine that cord being cut. Mm-hmm. And as it, as it cuts, you allow yourself to visualize the release of energy. You're no longer connected to that person and you allow yourself the freedom that you deserve. So I'm driving along and the guy cuts me off and holds up one of his fingers and blows his horn at me. And I say, I remember what Lauren said in that podcast. Thank you so much for cutting me off and flipping the bird. I, I could really learn from that. <laughs> I know what <laughs> I know what you're saying, and all I'm saying is that in the heat of that moment, of course, we have to get to this place where we can see, you know, more perspective. But in that moment, there's that instinctual reaction, and maybe it's territoriality, people infringing on our boundaries. I don't know what it is. I like what you're saying, but I also know that uh, for me, in, in an instant where someone, you know, really does something egregious, it takes, you know, that instinct first is is kind of, maybe it's not even cognitive. I think it might be a more visceral response. Yeah. Sorry. But, I, but, I, but let me say, I just, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to say I did agree totally that we can still learn from that. Absolutely. I think you're totally right about the instinctual reactions being very intense and they are different than what I'm talking about. If you're going to be doing a meditation or, you know, a a journal writing fire lighting party, um, you're certainly not going to be doing that because someone cut you off in traffic. That would be more. A fire fire lighting party. (laughs) Fire lighting party. But yeah, if, if you had like a 
a loved one who or or a partner who cheated on you and you you no longer wanted to maintain that relationship like maybe that would be something that you know if you were letting go of like a long-term relationship or friendship. that would be a bonfire party for that a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can you imagine the pages that would be going up in flames oh gosh yeah that would be dangerous probably oh I, I think I've always had an, an innate tendency to practice empathy and always ask why, you know, just to be curious. Well, why is that person saying that? Well, why would they be so mean? I always I always kind of put myself in their shoes. If I can understand it, you know, then it, it t- seems to strip away my any anger or resentment I might have. And, and I think empathy or empathizing with another person's point of view I think it's a it's a really important component in forgiveness. Do you, do you, I think you do agree with that, right? Yeah, that that kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about how you know people are trying to function from the best place they know how, and so when we're curious and we practice empathy instead of judging and being hurt by others' actions, if we can just sort of step to the side and ask ourselves, what is this person going through that is making them act or react Mm -hmm. the way that they are? Uh, A lot of times, even if it doesn't excuse the behavior, which often it doesn't, it at least allows you to understand that what's being thrown at you very, very rarely has anything at all to do with you. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. often people trying to work through their own limitations or issues, and they use you as a place to project that. Yeah, that's that's for darn sure. I remember when I was doing my uh, one of my internships in my graduate work, and uh, I was leading a group of prisoners from Lompoc. They were halfway house situation. Oh, wow. And and every one of the prisoners had such horrendous feelings about humanity in one way or another. I mean, it was it was sociopaths, they were psychopaths, they were, but it was venom, and it just flowed back and forth in the room, and, and just it was disturbing at first. But as as the group progressed, and you started to hear the hurt and the pain, and the the kind of the tools that were developed in each person's toolbox you see that this kind of a life becomes skewed in a direction of defensiveness and seeing life as the enemy, people as the enemy. And the more you understand that, the more you understand, you know, this garbage that was just being spewed out of their mouths. And it, it really helped me understand that, you know, even people that do things that we feel are inherently demonic, there, there's a tale that, that, that goes way back and it leads to that. You had said something earlier that kind of reminded me of that. So, so yes, empathy does require that we take into context. Now, you don't want the guy that flips you the bird that cuts you off. You don't need to get into his life history. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have to follow him down. Wait a second, pull over. I want to ask you a question. You know, yeah, and, and these days a, you really don't want to. Yeah, you really don't. Pulls do out a pipe and, and hits you over the head. Yeah. Uh, but but you can speculate. You know, you can as you're as you're calming down after that incident and you're driving back along quietly on the road, you could you could say, I wonder what it was that made that person so impatient and so angry. And 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 you could take it even further. You could take it personally. And why did I react so personally? This guy doesn't know me. And yet I took it like uh, an insult that I had to defend. You know, so it goes back and forth. Empathy can help us understand 
But, you know, we have to empathize with ourselves a little and, and try to calm ourselves down. You know, why am I taking it so personally? Why am I defensive? Even if it's for a few minutes, there's something to be learned. And you said that earlier, and I really like that, that everything that happens to us, the good and the bad, uh, there's something to be learned. And that's why all of life is instructive. I, I love that concept. You introduced it, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, you always say such profound things that it, it takes me a few days to digest everything you say. <laughs> but, but, I, but I do digest. And, and when I listen back to our podcast, because I do, I do fondly enjoy them, I, I hear some of the things you say, and I wish I were more in tune with it in the moment, because you say such things that uh, that really are quite uh, you know poignant, and and the fact that we can learn when someone offends us, you know to that concept of what can I learn from this that has a grounding effect. That's one of your gems. Oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I, that one has been a very powerful and potent learning experience for me because my tendency has always been to be defensive when somebody either criticizes or when somebody does something that's hurtful or unexpected like right away I get defensive and very very sensitive that has always been my reaction but in the last couple of years like I've started to become aware of that reaction and instead of you know following those patterns um, I try to figure out what is it in that moment that is being offered to me like what is it that I can grow from as opposed to just shutting down and saying like well that person you know is is just hurtful and mean like what is it that you can take away from it and I guess like the the car situation comes up often where you know there's a lot of people that do things on the road that can be frustrating because there's you know very little personalization when you're just two cars driving along yeah I think a lot of times if we can be just like hyper aware in moments where we do feel hurt, it helps us to not only forgive, but also to grow and to learn. Yeah, And you know what, I, I think you and I have spent our lives, mine much more, many more years than yours, cultivating, you know, understanding and psychology and empathy and all these wonderful things. And yet, you know, I, I, I recall when I, when I, I, one of my earlier books, and I remember one of the first negative reviews that came in on Amazon, you know, a one-star review, and it, this scathing review, it was terrible, it was horrible. And they were saying things that I know they couldn't have read the book, because they were saying things that were not relevant to what I wrote. And, and it, it really bothered me. And even though I knew it was false, but I knew that that person had an agenda to slander me. And you know what, even to this day, those are things that that hook me. I, you know, I'll, I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever get to a point of, you know, oh, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, namaste to uh, all these uh, naysayers. Uh, I would like to. I would like to think that I can get to a point where, you know, you can say, you know, my books are the worst thing that or, or anything like that. And I'd like to feel that at some point I could, you know, transcend that and just not be offended by someone else's negative opinion, because you can't please everybody, obviously. And to want everybody to love everything you do is so unrealistic. But yet, 
there's a little part of me that still gets hooked up on that. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And yet I also, again, think that, you know, that's an awesome growth point. I remember when I was teaching third grade, there was a parent who came in and she actually said to me something along the lines of, do you think you're capable of being in charge of the, this class of 29? Because the, there was a lot of kids that year. And she basically went on to imply that I might not be able to manage that many kids. And she wasn't sure if I could do it. And so, you know, I was used to just receiving accolades as a teacher. So that was one of the first times that I had had someone actually question my capabilities. And I remember feeling crushed by it in the moment and like almost wanting to cry. And it was this whole, it just was like a blow to the ego. And I sat with it and sort of like processed it a little bit. And I realized I kind of had two options. It was like, one was just to get bitter and upset and wonder, am I capable of it? Um, And then the other option was to realize that this was an opportunity to sort of like rise up and be who I know I can be in the face of adversity. Like it allowed me this opportunity to actually show myself that I would not be deterred by negativity and so I was it it allowed for this like proud moment for me to be like hey look at this like here's someone that doesn't think I can do it and I'm going to be able to continue to stand in knowing who I am regardless of other people's opinion yeah but let me ask you a question Uh, seriously and I want you to be open and honest do you do you really now be honest do you really think you're qualified to be doing this podcast (laughs) Actually, no, um, I don't. But wait a but... second. Excuse me one second. <laughs> I'm sorry, so sorry. Please accept my apology. Yeah, I, I please accept my apology, Lauren. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, you're also kind of right. I have not gone to podcasting school, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. But you know what? What? Forgiveness is a process, right? You you just, you have to kind of, you know, take those things that you can't let go of and and revisit them and, and try to keep turning them around until you can neutralize and understand and empathize. So sometimes you can't get there right away. The guy that cuts you off. The duck that flaps, it's quack, 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 quack. I love that duck. And uh, so sometimes, you know, you really need to recognize that it's a process. And, and now let's be realistic. Sometimes, you know, we have expectations that forgiving or having a forgiving attitude will lead toward reconciliation. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it's impossible for reconciliation to happen. And you have to be willing to realize when it's time to cease and desist and move on. So, you know, don't use forgiveness as a vehicle to manipulate people to come back into your life if it's inappropriate. Yeah, good point. Good point. And I also believe that on some level, the to the level that we're able to forgive ourselves is the probably parallel level that we are able to forgive others. I think we have to feel it for ourselves first before we can truly Mm. allow it for others. Good point. Yeah. I mean, if you're truly sorry for something you've said or something you've done, I think you really need to consider admitting 
you know, to those things that you've done that, that have harmed others. Well, I actually, what I meant also in a, I, I agree with you on that too, but I think what I mean is like, oftentimes we holds resentment towards ourselves like we Mm. feel as though we're not good enough we feel as though we didn't follow through on something we should have we didn't say the right thing we didn't accomplish what we thought we could uh and we hold on to that and and a lot of times we don't even realize it but i think that if you're having trouble forgiving somebody else like maybe the first place to start is just to like become aware of are there things inside of your own existence that you're holding on to because it, when we learn to forgive ourselves, which is actually, I think, the harder of the processes, but when we can learn to accept that we are doing the best we can until we know more, and when we know more, we can do more, um, I think understanding that for yourself then can translate to others as well. Yeah, yeah and I think that that empathy thing goes you know, for self-empathy as well, you know, to try to understand the dynamic of why you acted like a jerk. And, uh, you know, why did I say that? What came over me? You know, and so so I think you need some empathy that, you know, there there is a context to why we we act like jerks. Not that you do, but but I've been known to act like a jerk, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but we need some self-empathy to 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 really get a context as to how that happened. And that's the learning that takes place. And and I think once you do that, you know, then then you could really start to uh, you know get that whole thing going, where you start to understand that forgiveness is a two way street, and you know it can change our lives for the positive. But you've got to realize that it's a process of understanding the other, ourselves, our reaction, the other person's. You know, it's all it's all wrapped up in this same dynamic. Mm-hmm. I remember taking driver's ed in high school and our teacher, Miss Muller, told us this like really interesting insight, which actually ties into all that we've been talking about. But she had said how oftentimes people on the road will create stress for you. People are going to cut you off. People are going to give you the finger, whatever it might be. And she said in those situations, she's like, I, I hope you always remember to just take a deep breath and remind yourself that you're grateful you're not that other person. <laughs> yeah, and our anger and our frustration when it comes out, you know, we we need to be clear. Uh, we need to be honest with ourselves. And most of all, we shouldn't be making excuses for bad behavior in ourselves. <laughs> oh, <I see> <laughs> I'm not going to excuse that. <laughs> that, I, I could say, gee, I'm sorry, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't mean to sneeze, but I, I'm not going to make an excuse. I just said, without making excuses, that that was a terrible thing to do, and I'm sorry. What was a terrible thing to do, sneeze? <laughs> no excuses. No excuses. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, Lauren, on and on it. I forgot. You know what time it is? Pep talk, self well, self-coaching pep talk time. How do you always remember that? It's when I say what time it is, and you always seem to remember. Well, it's you, a really how... obvious lead-in. Well, you're right. It happens to be self-coaching pep talk time. Give me a little yay in the background. Yay! And today's pep talk, why you should practice forgiveness. Okay, so you're offended. You're angry. Your feelings are hurt, so maybe it's time to forgive. Why? Because resentment and anger are poisons that you take. 
It's like carrying a backpack with a 20 pound weight on your back. Why not simply let it go? One reason is because on some neurotic level, you're wanting to retaliate by hating that other person and what they've done to you. Or maybe you're trying to teach them a lesson by being angry. But remember, you're the one carrying the 20 pounds on your back, not the other person. You're the victim. You deserve better. So starting right now, drop the 20 pound backpack. Let go of your own poison and practice forgiveness. Remember, forgiveness isn't necessarily forgetting or excusing. It's simply letting go and releasing your own toxic feelings and moving on with your life. I love that. So true. I've got this 20 pound weight from that sneeze. I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't have to say sorry about sneezing. Some people maybe forgive too much. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, there's uh, before we stop, I just wanted to mention uh, there was a, a, a prominent model by Robert Enright. And he says there's four steps to forgiveness. One, uncover your anger, you know, get in touch with it, understand it. Two, make the decision to forgive. You know, everything that we talk about in these podcasts, pod, podcasts, I think of the duck and the pond. Everything we talk about in this podcast has to do with making a choice. And we are always capable of choosing. So choose to forgive, number two. Number three is to cultivate forgiveness by developing compassion for others. And was the act due to a malicious intent or circumstances in the offender's life? So get that empathetic thing going. And the fourth is release the harmful emotions. And reflect in how you may have grown from the experience, like Lauren keeps trying to tell us every week. So there, there, there are many. I reasons. love step three. Kind you of do. forgot about that. The part yeah. about noticing people's intentions. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. we're hurt because of our own sensitivities. It's not necessarily the intent of the other to trigger that in us. Yeah. Oh, so true. So- so remember, healthy relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress, less hostility. It's all because you listened to Lauren. <laughs> also, and... can you please make that duck noise again? Because it was quack, 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 quack. now the angry duck sounds a bit different. Quack, 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 quack. Yeah, so there is a difference. Hmm. Got that? That's pretty good. That's like one of my favorite animal noises you've done so far. Well, thank you so much. And I know it's time for us to go because we've overstayed our welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgive you. Please accept. Although yeah. maybe I'll write it down and burn it. Burn it. Yeah. Burn it. Burn no, it. no, no bonfires. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, self studios learning. How, how did your launch week, uh, week go? launch two weeks go? Launch two week. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, we had a great time. You sounded them. like Oprah just then. Did I? Yeah, it I was fantastic. Fantastic. It was good though, wasn't it? It was. It was great. We had a, yeah, we had a great time. The kids learned a lot and um, we're excited to continue into uh-huh. the future. Onward. And what did you teach those little munchkins? Oh, man, so many things. Uh, We talked about self-talk. We talked about gratitude. We learned about coping tools, uh, finding emotions in the body and releasing them. Maybe next time you could tell them a little about forgiveness. 
forgiveness. You're right. I could. We did not uh, talk about that. But anyway, self-learning studios. I keep self-coaching. Self-studios. <laughs> I will never get that straight. Selfstudioslearning.com is our sponsor. And I want to be clear that I don't mess up this selfstudioslearning.com. Uh, visit the website. You'll be amazed. Uh, it's it's really, truly an amazing program. And they do teach empathy and forgiveness and all those other things Lauren talks about. And I'm going to bring a duck to one of Lauren's classes <laughs> and teach duck empathy. Cool. And, while, and while you're looking at websites, heck, what the heck? Why not visit selfcoaching.net and take a look at our philosophies? And while you're there, I would appreciate it if you'd check out my latest number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren <laughs> and me every week. Let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way.